The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Change is the one constant in life. It is inevitable and it will happen to all of us at one time or another. Whether we like it or not, people and circumstances will change. We will get sick, loved ones will die, jobs will be lost, couples will grow apart, and children will move out. And when that happens, we are scared and sometimes lost. But here is the good news. Each one of us can write the next chapter of our life. No matter what we face, with the right mindset and unwavering tenacity, we can raise the curtain to a second act. I'm Joan Herman, and through my Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand and Second Acts, it is my mission to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation to write the next part of your story. And what a story it will be. Welcome to Second Acts. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for joining us. Many women over age 50 today are redefining what it means to be alive. According to today's guest, Sue Brightman, it's not about aging. It's about becoming more of who we really are and doing what we're called to do. For her book, A Call to Further Becoming, The New Declaration for Women Over 50, Sue interviewed 100 women age 50 plus to learn their perspective on this exciting time. She joins us today to talk about how women are growing mentally, professionally, and spiritually. Sue is the founder and president of Women on the Journey of Their Lives, a coaching and women's workshop and retreat enterprise that supports women over 50. Welcome, Sue. Thank you so much for joining us. I am delighted to be here with you, Joan. So, Sue, after working for 30 years as a business coach, what made you begin supporting women over age 50? What got you interested in this topic? Yes, uh, that's easy. And it's that I myself was in this place where I could not figure out, Joan, what was happening to me and within me. I had reached my late 50s. I had, as you mentioned, this wonderful career that I absolutely loved And I could feel that it was coming to a natural completion. And I have to say that I was standing in this place of wondering, what now? I could feel that I was so not done. Uh, There was so much I wanted to learn, so much I wanted to apply from what I already knew and had experienced. And yet, the cultural narrative that I didn't realize was so entrenched until I got there, the cultural narrative really had been communicating to me for decades 
that what happens at this stage of life, entering one's 60s, is what? Decline, going gray, going away, disappearing, disengaging. And I knew that that was not right for me and that wasn't who I was. And so as that 30-year wonderful career came to a natural completion, I realized there was something I needed to learn for myself about what's possible at this age and stage. And I took a big leap into finding out what that was. Your work resonates with me because it is the story of my life. As my listeners know, I began this work in middle age after being a stay-at-home mom to my two sons and being married for 21 plus years at the time. And I had that moment where I said, what now? You know, what can I do? I had given away so much of myself that I didn't even know what I was capable of achieving. And that's where the work that I'm doing now, it started in middle age. I was a little younger than 50, but I was right there. And, and, and now I am living everything you teach and, and talk about. You're living it. Joan, you're modeling it with the work that you're doing and with the lifting up of voices that are needing to be heard and that are going on and, um, and exploring and expanding in new ways. So that place that you got to that I heard you just describe is, um, is what I call the wilderness period. And it is true. There is this universal experience that we have that we reach this place of unknowing, this place where it is disorienting, that we think that it's possible that we're going to lose our identity, that we really can't imagine what's next. And frankly, in that place of wilderness, it's, it's frightening. So I can imagine that that's where you were, and I can tell you that's where I was as well. And it's a common experience that fortunately doesn't just end there in the wilderness. Well, and what you had described earlier when you, you were saying the way we viewed getting older, it was getting gray and getting ready for retirement. And basically, we used to say being put out to pasture. And when we're younger, we look at our future with excitement. Everything is new and there are so many possibilities for us. Well, I'm excited now because at my age, in my 50s, I look at my future as new and exciting and having so many possibilities. And I don't intend to retire or get put out to pasture. I think the word retirement, we need to retire. Right. Because that word, right, that word does not resonate for so many women and probably men as well. But frankly, I think what's going on with women is different. Um, two, two things that I discovered and that just absolutely light me up, and I know they do you in your work as well, one is that I really believe that we are at a time of an evolutionary leap with what's happening to and with women. You know, Lynn Twist talks about this a lot, that we have entered what she calls the Sophia century, that we've just started a century where women are going to come into co-equal partnership with men, that we are going to be leading in ways that are different from the patriarchal systems that have been established in the past, and that feminine leadership is going to take co-equal partnership with what we've been used to for so long. So one thing is, I believe women like yourself and like me and many of your listeners, millions of women in the world are 
feeling in their bones that we are at a place of an evolutionary shift where womanhood and feminine leadership and living and being in new ways, particularly those of us who have the wisdom and the experience of 50 plus years, we're really coming into this time of being not only being able to expand, Joan, but the world needing us to expand and share and manifest what it is that we know and who we are. The second major point is one that I, frankly, I stumbled across this when I was sitting in my own wilderness period wondering what's next, what's next? If where I've been is not where I'm going to continue being and and doing, what's next? And I I started reading everything I could get my hands on. I'm sure you know how that is. And I came across the work of Mary Catherine Bateson. And Bateson is, she passed away last year, um, unfortunately. She's the daughter of Margaret Mead. Um, And she said that for the first time in human history, she, by the way, is a cultural anthropologist. She said for the first time in human history, because of how long our life cycles are now, that we have a whole new stage of life, that we don't go from childhood to adolescence to adulthood to elderhood, but we go from adulthood one to adulthood two and then elderhood. And she said that those of us who are in that stage, 50 to 70 plus, are pioneering what it means. And I have to say, Joan, when I read that word pioneering, I thought, bingo. That's why I feel disoriented. That's why I look around and I don't necessarily have new models of what's possible at this age and stage because I'm one of the ones pioneering it. And so that takes a little bit of the mystery and the disorientation away from what we're experiencing because we can realize it's not personal. This is a whole collective happening, and we're part of it, and frankly, we're leading it. So what do you think has led to this shift? Why do we have this freedom now? Well, it's interesting that, you know, those of us who are 50-plus, we have come first of all, through the, the, the years of feminism, right? So we came through the years of Gloria Steinem and messages about you can do it all. And, and then we bumped into a lot of realities, uh, the glass ceiling, the difficulty in actually being the primary parent, raising and supporting family and community and church and neighbors, plus working, we discovered not only the realities of those difficulties and the fact that we can't do it all in the way that we were supposedly promised, but also that the organizations and the systems around us that we're living within didn't allow it. So women who were really um, poised to, let's say, work their way up a corporate ladder, that's one of many, many examples. But it's not as if the systems and our culture have really welcomed and provided the same kind of access to women that has always been provided to men. And so here we are having lived the experience of knowing and bumping up against the walls and the ceilings and the doors, right, 
that really have not opened to us. And we are at a point now with our experience and our um, historical perspective of saying, and this is a chapter in my book, I'm done with that. I'm done with letting that define what's possible for me. I'm done with anyone else allowing, disallowing, giving permission or not for me to do what it is I really want to do. So I think, Joan, we have come through a very unique historical experience with the feminist movement. I think we have bumped right into what is and isn't working in the systems out there, the general systems. And I think we're also very much um, alive and passionate about saying, I'm not letting anything or anyone else define now what it is that I want. Um, we, are, we really have a sense of sovereignty and a sense of I'm so not done and I'm going to take some leaps forward now in doing what it is that's mine to do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I liked when you described us as pioneers. I, I felt that when you used that word. And as pioneers who are forging the way, one of the things that I think we have to learn how to do as women, and many of us have a difficult time asking for this, but I think we have to learn how to ask for help and not believe we can do it all on our own. What, what do you think about that? I want to say a big amen, <laughs> amen and amen, that somehow there's been this messaging from within ourselves and perhaps externally as well that we're supposed to do it all ourselves. And of course, that's not possible. The whole notion of what I call a village, you know, the village that I find young women, women over 50, all of us. We long for villages, we long for circles, we long for communities where we can lean in and get the support for ourselves and also for some of the things that we're needing to do on behalf of our families, for example. And so that, that is one of the, I think it's an internal bias and an external message that we are better, stronger, if we do it alone. And one of the things we're waking up to as women on the cusp of this evolutionary shift, and I'm going to say, Joan, that I believe this is true for women of all ages. I'm seeing it everywhere with women in their 30s and 40s, as well as 50s and beyond. And that is we know that we need sisterhoods, we need circles, we need communities of women where we can lean in and talk about what really matters to us and get support. I'm also seeing that those kind of forums, I'll call them forums, they're, they're springing up. They're springing up. And so, you know, you are an example of, you know, giving women as well as men 
a place where their voices can be heard and they lean into you for support, right? That's one of right. one of the things that you offer. And there are many other organizations. Emerging Women is one. The organization called Chief is another. The SOFIA program. The list goes on because, to your point, we are not only realizing, but we're taking a stand for ourselves that we want these places to go where we can lean in, and we're going to create them as, if we can't find them. So we, as women, many of us spend so much time taking care of other people. It's just who we are. And so now we have this new phase of adulthood, adulthood two, where we can really, the sky's the limit. We can do anything we want to do, but now we have no idea what that is. So how do we go about figuring out our next step, what it is we want to be when we grow up? (laughs) Right, right. I call that the big what now. Right. Uh, When I interviewed 100 women, and all of them, I would say, have come through a wilderness period in some way, like you and I have, where that question was up, not being able to see um, what's next, knowing that where we've been is not where we want to continue. So this, this wilderness of how, how, do I, how do I navigate this, and is there really anything that can be as full and satisfying as where I've been before? That question was really one that frightened me. And Joan, I found that there were three main, I guess I'm going to call them paths. There were three ways that uh, the women who I interviewed ended up working through the wilderness period for themselves. One of them is what I call birthing the new with threads from the old. And what that really means is that when we've had a career, when we've had, or not even necessarily a career, but we've spent years, decades, doing and, and, and investing in certain activities that can include caring for our families and being active in the community, that we can look back and do an assessment. Sometimes it really helps to have a coach for this, to say, what are the pieces of that that I'm done with that feel complete to me that are no longer a learning edge, that are no longer exciting? And what are the pieces that I love? that I might want to take forward. My own life is an example. When I interviewed women and wrote a book, and now I get to work with women as a coach, but it's a very different orientation than working with corporations. So I call that birthing the new with threads from the old. Um, A second one is what I call freedom and experimentation. And that really speaks for itself. But a lot of times there are things that have been just kind of bubbling up within us that we've always been attracted to and we keep putting them over to the side. You know, geez, if I had time, I'd really love to do that. Um, Or I'd really like to experiment, not necessarily, I don't know, launch a whole new career, but I'd like to give myself the freedom to experiment with this, to test it out, to take a course, to go back to school, to do whatever. And that's a second way that I found that women have just delighted in the wilderness period, being able to say, I'm going to allow myself the freedom to experiment. You know, there's a woman who had always wanted to teach English as a second language, and she found out about the need in China 
And she was in her mid-60s, Joan, but that lit her up. And she literally went to China for a few years and taught English as a second language. I mean, talk about experimenting, right? And she loved it. A wonderful example of giving ourselves permission. And of course, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as going to China. It can be something much simpler, um, doing the artwork one has always wanted to do and creating an art studio in the basement. Um, a third is what I call continuing the same from a new place. And this is sort of a beginner's mindset um, way of reframing. So there are women who still like what they're doing and would like to continue, but it's gotten a bit stale. And there's a sense of wanting to breathe new life into the work that they're doing. Uh, a director of a highly acclaimed, two highly acclaimed choruses in my book is one example. And she decided in sort of a Zen-like way that she needed to adopt a beginner's mind about her work. And so she started to um, take music cello lessons and she started yoga, which she had never done before. And she did some things that sounded like they weren't connected. She hired a financial coach to look differently at her finances. She just opened herself up to more of a childlike beginner's mind approach to everything and ended up infusing the directing of her two choruses with this kind of renewed, renewed spirit. And she said it made all the difference in how their voices sounded because of the way she directed them. So those are three ways that women can kind of, I don't know, pick up the idea of how, how to possibly work forward. So did any of the women that you interviewed encounter resistance from people closest to them? Yeah, the answer is yes. Um, in fact, when I mentioned a little bit earlier, this, this sort of rising up within us at a certain point of what I call done with that, a done with that energy, not, not a militant or a sense of bravado or anything like that, but more the clarity that I heard from many women I interviewed, the clarity of what's not right for me to do any longer in that way. I did find that women noticed that relationships shifted. So what I found, as relates to relationships, I found that women who were coming into more, not only clarity about what they want, that this is a stand now about who I am and how I want to be and how I want to live. There's a being and the doing, right? That relationships in many cases either needed to shift with or they disengaged. One of the seven things I found that women are done with, and I name them in my book, that was one of the most fun discoveries that I had, by the way, but one of them is what I call exothermic versus endothermic relationships. So endothermic relationships are relationships that suck energy from us or leave us feeling empty. And an example was that I heard women say, I'm not willing any longer to be in a relationship where I'm doing all the work. And so if the relationship is endothermic, sucking energy or, or not providing sort of 
a co-equal partnership with energy um, that makes both people better. I found women are, women saying, and I can relate to this myself, you know, I'm, I'm done with those kind of friendships. I mean, what I want are exothermic relationships, the ones that make us larger, where we come in with the same energy, with the same desire to benefit and bless each other, and we, we play different but equal parts, which can be a friendship, a marriage, a partnership of any kind. But there is that sense that as we come into our sovereignty, right, it does mean that those around us can feel and see the difference, and there's some shifting that needs to happen, which might also mean some separation from. The book is A Call to Further Becoming, The New Declaration from Women Over 50. If you would like to get more information about Sue and her work, you can visit suebrightman.com. Sue, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is women over 50 are at a totally new point of evolution. This is a time for us to fully come into all that we are, all that we want to be, and all that we want to do. The world absolutely needs us. Sue, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joan. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, subscribe to our mailing list, check out our articles, magazine, book club, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on The Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.